0: Hello, are you receiving this transmission? This is The Nerdist Podcast number 283. Welcome! Uh, There's a new Hard and Firm video up right now on YouTube.com slash Nerdist, The Nerdist channel, and it is a love song to the Gerstberms girl, and you're probably saying to yourself, Chris Hardwick, that meme is several months old. Yes, you would be right. Just so you know, we came up with the idea several months ago, but it just took this long to get special guests in the video, like Melissa Rausch from Big Bang Theory, uh, Haley Williams, Swedish chef, for instance. So we got a Muppet, and it's a chef. I was freaking out. So anyway, so that's why it took so long to pull all that stuff together, was coordinating everyone's schedules, and now we were finally able to just put up the video. So that's over at the Nerdist channel, uh, right now. Check that out. This episode is Max Landis. Uh, Max is one of Chloe's best friends, and he's probably one of the most prolific young scribes in the entertainment business right now. He wrote the movie Chronicle. Uh, He wrote this thing and directed this thing called Death and Return of Superman on YouTube, which was fantastic. And I think he's probably sold a movie at every studio uh, right now, and Max is interesting because he 's a very polarizing figure, and I think part of the reason is that he just doesn 't give a shit what people think, which I kind of respect because I feel like I give too much of a shit sometimes, and uh, i 'd never really had the opportunity to sit down and talk to him and When we did, we really discovered this uh, incredibly sensitive, uh, sweet guy who had kind of a rough go uh, growing up and uh and seriously he's so fucking smart that uh uh it, there was a part at the end you they took a couple months for this podcast to get put up and i think you'll you'll hear a bunch of references to gangnam style those were new when we recorded this podcast, and the reason being, we recorded the hour-long podcast. We said, enjoy your burrito. Everyone kind of leaned back in their chairs, and we started talking about the process of pitching movies, and Max kind of laid out this really gorgeous, like, there are three ways to pitch a movie, and here's how you do it, and I thought it was such amazing information um, that we, uh, but we hadn't captured it because we ended the podcast, so I had him come back, retell it, and then we stitched it on to the end, uh, for you creative-y types. So, uh, I really hope you enjoy this episode. It was, it was super enlightening for us and, uh, just such an interesting glimpse, uh, inside his brain. He's kind of a mad genius. So I hope you enjoy this. There's podcast episode number 283 with Max Landis.
2: Now entering nerdist.com.
0: Yeah, that's good. Oh shit,
1: Chris, you sound cool.
0: No. <laughs> and then I think, you, let's see, your headphone volume this is right, right there, right I think. One. Yeah. You're the first one.
2: Mine. I guess I'm this one. Are you good? I don't care. What? I don't need one. You, know, like you love oh, hearing, But your headphones so are on. I love hearing me.
1: Yeah. Oh, I hate hearing me.
2: Oh, listen. It's nice, right?
1: No. The hmm. rich, the rich timber of your voice. It's like a I actually can like hear a Dark, me dark
2: coffee.
0: me almost at all. You can
2: turn yours up there. How's that?
1: Hello! Oh shit! No! Okay. No! 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 Nope,
2: that. Okay. So you're done. You're done. If we just did this for forty five minutes. <laughs> just if we we just, would win podcast just, of the year. Just
1: tech. Yeah. If we just. Well, who like gives out podcast of the year? Me. Him. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I have certificates. What? I'm sorry, you never got In one. The second hour, they started <laughs> adjusting
3: the microphones. <laughs> That's gonna.
0: they are gonna lose points for that. That could have been part two. So you're done pooping. You're okay? Yeah.
1: For now. Okay. Good. What happened? What did you eat? I. I'm gonna talk about it. Go ahead. Are, are we recording? Yeah. 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 I think I think I'd really like to be in love, and I don't I don't know that I am right now, and it's weird because I I I, I was I, before I came here I had a like this a is bunch about
3: the shit right to, yeah okay
1: no so uh, it comes around to it okay so I I had this weird day where I was writing all day and like I was really happy and I went to this cafe by my house and I saw this guy who I don't know well uh, who's another writer but who we've always sort of had like a, oh I know you from afar sort gotcha. of relationship. Like like friendly. Sure. And we were sitting right next to each other and I was supposed to be writing, but I had a big stack of comics and he was supposed to be writing. So I was just reading my comics and we started talking and we began to have our first ever real conversation. Turns out we really like each other and we're going back and forth and we're laughing and talking about projects and different people we know in the the industry. And it's like, this is nice. And I know that he hangs out at somewhere I hang out a lot. And I, 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 I'm single right now. Um, and I, I thought... You know, my ex girlfriend, one of my ex girlfriends, like hangs out there a lot. I was like, "Oh, you ever see her?" And he was like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Oh, yeah." And he was like, "I'm actually, I've kind of been seeing her for a while." Uh, oh, yeah. And I was like, I was like, "Oh, okay, okay, cool." And like, it didn't hit me at all; It didn't land at all. So I'm sitting, I'm drinking like cup of coffee after cup of coffee, and we're talking, and he and he leaves. I should mention, I don't normally drink coffee. Every drug I've ever done. I've done to impress a girl and then been like this was great and then gotten into afterwards coffee is the most recent one of those. Okay. I've started to drink coffee which is nightmarish girls are very impressed by it. they are they're like let's get coffee and then I always I didn't get it before but now I get it. So you, so you
0: so you basically have a bit of the coffee and
2: emotional shits. Wait for it. Okay.
1: It lands. This story this story is an ending.
2: As does the shit.
1: So well the shit is the ending.
2: Nope. You just it don't no spoilers. And the landing. So <laughs>
1: So I, I, I'm I sitting and he leaves and I'm sitting there and I'm reading my comics, but now I'm thinking about this girl and they're playing like this like violin music in the place and I'm sort of, I'm sitting there. What a
3: fancy coffee shop. I'm
1: sad. It's Blue Jam Cafe on Melrose. Very oh yeah. Fancy. It's it's like tasty and, and like... He leaves and so I'm just sitting there and I'm reading my comic and I start to get, you know, it's like, never mind, I'll find someone li-. like, that Adele. starts to hit me. Yeah. They're not playing it, but it's hit playing in my head. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm sitting and because of the coffee, I'm farting and I'm sad and I'm farting and I can't concentrate on my comic. And then I had this like big emotional arc where I was like, why am I sad over this girl? This is a girl I broke up with because she was insane. And I was like, so I like got all like girl power and triumphant, and I was like, well, good, I'm okay, and I made a new friend, and I walked out. I don't think I'm, you know what girl power means. I, girl power <laughs> is something I can have. I try, to, I try to measure my own levels of excitement, enthusiasm, uh, sort of towards everything on the level of a 14-year-old white girl.
0: Okay. I measure in turtle power. In turtle yeah. Because <laughs> I'm a hero in a half show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you were feeling good. Is that you an wa-
1: uncircumcised joke?
0: Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> well, it, it is, I guess it could be an uncircumcised joke as well as a Kevin Eastman joke. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, so you, you, you walk out of Blue Jam, which is a great cafe. Uh, and, and it all hit and me. And
3: you. Oh. Yeah.
0: It
1: all, like, it all, all of the big emotions, all the coffee hit me at the same time. I've been shitting for two hours.
2: Wow. Yeah. It's not I, stopping
1: well stopping I mean like I'm not shitting now that you guys can see it's no kind of- no that's got to feel good though. We're in a tiny little out. We're
0: in a tiny little room. Maybe you need to shit. <laughs> Wouldn't it I I always think it'd be really great if you could just shit your emotions out. If you're like, oh, yeah. "I I would love to not feel this for this relationship anymore that I can't get over or whatever." I wish I It's too bad I just can't condense it and just take like a black like the kind of shit that you take after you eat Pepto-Bismol and it's just like you think oh, yeah. you're dying because it's it's like a charcoal black. Yeah. Uh, we are talking
1: about the type of shit where it feels like stuff you need is coming
0: out of your body. Exactly. Like, "Yo, get out. back in there." Or yeah. whatever you know, it's coming out. Uh, it's I, I do like the idea of emotional shitting. That's what crying like, is, Chris. It is crying is shitting. shitting out of with your face. eyes, yeah. yeah. It's 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 shitting out. It's shitting out of your eyes. Uh, I
3: think it's more like
1: peeing out of your eyes. Do you think so? No, yeah. because it's weighty. It's weightier. There's peeing is such like a frivolous activity. It feels like there's no emotional gra- gra- The way there's you no, do it. Yeah, it's like there's going to no golf. Yeah. seriously? Oh god, it's like yeah, going I to pee. golf and stuff. You yeah. throw you throw on like I a, make sure I have an 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 erection vinyl. before yeah. I start
2: peeing just Ooh. so it's extra difficult. Yeah.
1: Who here who here has been drunk and gotten a boner and super had to pee so they did it and they had the most painful pee of their life? It's hard. Well, it's always it's, painful. It's like you do a handstand. Oh god, it's the worst thing. It's always supposed to hurt, right? That's like that's like always burns. That's a real thing.:
3: Constaburn, Myra.
0: Constaburn. So <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so are, you, are you okay now? you feel okay now?
1: I'm all over the place, man. I, like, I, I for the last like three weeks, I've just been like fluctuating between places of like, everything's great, and then never getting bad, but then going to places of like, everything is OK and could be better. Everything could be better. Everything Isn't could that, always be better. Can't you? Can't
3: you? Sh- no one should really be that content, though, because then when you lose drive,
1: yes. But I'm like, I'm a monster of commas and semicolons. I'm a more monster. No matter what I get, I want more from everything else. If one of my friends makes like a minor accomplishment at work, I'm like, I should have gotten that promotion at Dairy Queen. Yeah, I like that should have been me. If if two of my friends like move in together, or uh, like someone I know starts dating someone, or someone's having a baby, or like anything like that. I'm jealous of that. I don't actually want it, but I still f- I'm still i sure people can relate to this. That moment of, like, that should be me. No matter how stupid it is. Well, or maybe I agree with man. you
2: on most things, except the baby thing. No, no, no. That's know? the thing. Is it doesn't matter if it's something <laughs> Babies I actually are
1: dumb. want.
0: It's still its like someone is getting some sort of a satisfaction out of life, and you want to experience that satisfaction as be well. I want
1: like rogue. I want to take off my gloves and just Absorb. suck the happiness out of them. Yep. I don't know. Let's talk
0: about for a minute... Let's talk about for a minute... Uh, the uh the circumstances when i asked you to come on the
2: podcast
1: oh yes do you guys want to hear a story please so i'm at comic-con and it's i think thursday
2: comic-con international
1: Uh, yeah my my favorite place comic-con for me is essentially mardi gras i treat it like sort of just a drinking festival and it's been this way for me for 12 years Mm -hmm. and i didn't used to be able to go to open bars so it was rough when I was 15, you know, getting drunk in hotel rooms with cosplayers, and then like I slowly got onto more and more hotel rooftops, which led to my behavior getting ex- increasingly bad. And and it's funny because like at Comic Con, I just don't give a fuck. I walk around like I walk around like fucking Willem Dafoe. I don't care what face I'm making. I'm like a monster. I just am drinking, going insane, no shoes on, at like 3 a.m. in the gas lamp, yelling at a stranger. So this year is... The you know,
3: a lot of people from Los Angeles are in uh, Comic-Con, uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Do you, could you do that up here as well? In L.A.? Yeah. That, uh, you should feel like you could. Yeah, you no. feel like you could. I'd, it I'd, is mostly Los Angeles and San Diego at that time.
1: It's, it's interesting because I sort of, I, I hope that Comic-Con is a wash. I tend to make a lot of friends there, which is weird because I'm sort of just in this manic, hyperbolic, sort of, I don't give a fuck mode. Part of my sense of humor... Uh, which is a giant part of my sense of humor, is occasionally I'll get things in my head and I'll think, "That's a really funny douchey thing to say," and I'll say it, and then I'll be very amused, not really taking into account that people who don't know me now assume I am <laughs> a sociopath.
3: I am a spoiled <laughs> sociopath. <laughs> yeah, like, all irony only exists between friends. buddies. Yeah. yeah, and friends. Like, and my uh, Morrison.
0: Yeah, yeah. Call, like, right? say, say I
1: she got, <laughs> <laughs> she got it wrong. She got it wrong.
0: She got it wrong. Yeah, she didn't really understand. I don't think
1: so, so I. I uh, it's it's the second night, and I just met Zach Levy for the first time, and he's like, "Come to Nerd HQ," and I was like, "Cool," because he's he might be in my next if I do another Death and Return of Superman thing, because he was a fan of it. Chris is in that.
2: <laughs> it was great, by the way. Death and Return of Superman was really fantastic. <laughs> well, how can you do another Death and Return of Superman? You I, already covered it.
1: I well, no, I would do Death of Gwen Stacy uh, or the Infinity Gauntlet. The problem is, is that I'd have to top myself. <laughs> And I'm just too like I'm too busy right now to try to do it, which is really infuriating because I want to do one anyway. So, uh, so Zach invites me to this thing, Nerd HQ, after all the other parties are closed, and I start getting texts from all of my friends, uh, saying like, "Hey, we're at Nerd HQ." I'm like, "Wait, I thought this was like a special thing." <laughs> That I was invited to, I'm very excited about it. It turns out, no, all of my friends who are not even in the film or comic book industry are also there.
3: So now, when you have a similar experience with your friends, you get angry, oh. as opposed to <laughs> when they experience something and you get happy. You get,
0: exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. No, no, you. You're, and it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, no, and it wasn't.
0: No, no, no. By, by the way, the uh, I, I will say that the, uh, the, the actually getting into the nerd, nerd HQ was awesome inside. They're great. Like, it's every fun. every wonderful person that yep. I adore was there. From, from uh,
2: I wasn't uh, there
0: every single one i was <laughs> weird, i'm weird. sorry buddy so you can go next year but there was there was a the, the list the getting in situation wh- was a nightmare the
1: second night was ridiculous cuz that was the night it was really bad right and i got in no problem that night and then the first night i show up I am covered in wristbands. I was invited to every party this year except for the Entertainment Weekly party. And I and I was so happy and drunk. Every wristband represented like four rum and cokes. And I get there. Everyone's texting me like, where are you? And the woman from Community is working the door.
3: Yvette Nicole Brown.
1: So I have a moment of like freaking out. Like, holy shit, you're so funny. And then I'm like, okay, I got to come in. And so she says... You know, are you on the list? And they don't even have a list.
0: No, there was not a list.
1: Yeah, so I'm like, yes, I'm supposed to be. And they were like, no. So I'm with my friend Michael Tabb, and I was like, I'm look at all my arms. I like, and I threw like a full on ridiculous tantrum. I didn't get mad because I knew I was going to get in, but I put on a you show, got everything. Man. I was like, like
2: the I, first wives club.
1: I, I was like. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well we thought we drop in fresh first wife clothes yeah. very timely yeah. man do it every
2: once in a while very ma- very momentum stopper
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nothing R- nothing stops this train
0: this is moving this is good so that was that was the situation yeah that
3: you know so when we were on the podcast and john was like there was a guy who was trying to get into the thing
1: well,
0: and- here,
3: i was i was on the street nearby with some friends saying goodbye when i hear <laughs> screaming from somebody, I
1: wasn't screaming in anger. I was screaming well, in like I got, sad frustration. I heard, I heard a
3: ruckus. All well, my friends are insane. I heard. Uh, Don't you know who I am? Yeah. And do you know how many scripts <laughs> I've sold this year. <laughs> and this is ridiculous. Ask anybody
1: here who I am. That I was doing for my friend Michael Pav. Yeah, I, I, I also w- claim to be Steven Spielberg's son. Oh that's <laughs> yeah, really fucking funny. Yeah, I I said, you know I, and when that didn't work I claimed to be Michael Phelps.
3: Yeah, Michael Phelps is good. <laughs> I, I, I was going I didn't you that better. I was works going, I was works going works through a thing. thing, dude. And I so I I hear that and like I hear I, I hear you say, Don't you know who I am? Don't and then you know I turn, who I am? I turn to my friends, I'm like, Who is that guy? And then they said Max Landis and I didn't know. And I was just like, "Who the
1: fuck am I? I'm not a celebrity. No yeah. one knows who the fuck I am." Yes,
3: you you didn't feel that way that night. But At you point. are though. You were <laughs> the. <though>. I <laughs> was just having fun. But I know. no what? But, I'm a but, fucking but, screenwriter. No one knows my face. And this is why it goes back to what you were saying: is that like you were doing this as a personal bit. Yeah. Ten feet away, no you. No I thought knows. you were the worst human in the world. I am the worst human <laughs>
1: but in you're the world. Not, but you're, you're very, very, very affable. affable. No, you're not
3: the worst human in the world. But the point is,
0: but if so, Jonah brings this story back. Do you want
1: to hear? Do you want to hear? Because it's worse than you know. What? It's worse than you know. Okay. Okay, so I hear that that someone was mentioning me on the Nerdist podcast. Now, I have a very polarizing personality. People genuinely hate me, like, really hate me. I'm a, I'm a hated guy. Or they like me and I'm okay, but you know, it's, it seems to But Nothing shift. in between. No, 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 no. Only bad or in between. Nothing <laughs> great. <laughs> no one's ever said, ah, oh, he's all
3: right. No, 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 no one ever said is. he's fantastic. No, 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 no. no one says, I'm
1: great. Oh, no. and, and, and so I hear that, like, you guys are saying something about me, and I'm like, okay, so I tweet, like, mm, You're making fun of me on the Nerdist podcast, bar for the course, because everyone always sort of, oh, it makes Lindis, he's obnoxious. But like, first of all, to do this, listen to the levels of ignorance I allow myself to live in. Are we braced? Yes, we're braced. Number one, I don't know that at Nerdist is you. Oh, really? No, I didn't know. I know that now, but when I tagged at Nerdist, I thought it was like a company, a thing that you ran. Oh, gotcha. So I didn't know that it was your thing. So level of ignorance number one. Level of ignorance number two. I didn't listen to it. <laughs> I was just like, whatever. Level of ignorance number three, and this is the part where we get, like, tragic, is Jonah Hill is a guy who I know, I wouldn't call him, like, a close friend. He's in one of my movies. I hear that Jonah is, making, is talking about me on the Nerdist Podcast. I'm like, Jonah Hill is shit-talking me on the Nerdist Podcast. So I text him, like, what are you doing? And, like, just so many levels. And immediately, I am set upon uh, by three different things. Number one... Chris Hardwick going, we weren't really making fun of you, and me going, oh, wait, no, you probably weren't. Like, I was just being sad. (laughs) Number two, hundreds of, like, creepy internet people going, yeah, the nerdist, yeah, but, like, not in a supportive way, like, in a way that made me go, like, oh, I don't like this. And then, of course... One of my best friends, fellow tall, skinny, hyper person, Chloe Dykstra, texted me like, "Why are you shitting on my boyfriend? What are you?" I was like, "No, no, 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 no." Jesus. Chris that and I—that was a I are, good impression Chris of her. And yeah, I are ta- true, yeah. Chris and I are talking. It's fine. Well,
0: Chloe, Chloe adores you, as you know. Yeah, Chloe, Chloe, she's a abso- fucking shit. She absolutely adores you, and so she, you know, I, I, after this whole thing went down, because Jonah, no one said your name no, on the podcast. He just started explaining, and I was like, "Oh, I think I know who that is," and you know, it was—it <laughs> probably wasn't what you thought it was, and it. You know, and it was so. There was never any shit talking. It was just a, and it was just a, an identification of what no, happened. No, of course. And so, and then, <laughs> and then, so then people just assumed, and and what? then so I texted Chloe, and I was like, ah, oh, fuck, Max thinks we were talking shit about him. and I, <laughs> and I feel really bad. And so I texted, her and I was like, dude, we weren't, you know, we were not talking shit to you. You should come on the podcast. We yes. you. because beyond that. You are doing a lot of other things that are relevant to the people who
3: listen to this show. It's Between not just relegated to the outside of
0: parties. Not That's just right. me, it's- not
1: just my, my consistent douchebag performance No, 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 it's, 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 <laughs> <And douchebag laughs> <performance art>. it's <laughs> funny it's been going on since 2002. You know, I
3: wonder if the first guys that said, do you know who I am? were doing performance art as well.
1: Well, the thing is, is that no one knows who the fuck I am. So like it's I mean like there's well, they no do now though. I mean I mean people know like the one place I'd get recognized is at Comic-Con and I wouldn't get recognized trying to get into a party and like I no. I'm not a celebrity. I like. I have a whole thing that we can get into if you guys are interested about screenwriters and the level of celebrity they have, but that's sort of a different thing.
0: Well, but also, but you know, you are more of a personality than most screenwriters. I would. I would say, and you, and you, you're able to. <laughs> He's just louder. Because death. <laughs> Everyone. De- death. Return Re- T- death. Good. Return of Superman was was great. By the way, it was really great, and I think one of the reasons that it was made what it was great is it was directed really well, and the storytelling was great, but. But also, you were so passionate about it, and it really was your personality that drove drove that that story. I mean, I know I know that you, you're probably thinking like, oh, you know, it's because Elijah Wood was in it, but it really was your personality and passion that drove that people to watch a 15 minute
1: yeah 15 minute YouTube a video. a 15 minute
0: YouTube video it's madness um, that really was funny, you know. And so between that and you know uh, and and Chronicle, which was great, and you know, I think. It, it, you do do a lot of stuff that is relevant to the nerd community,
1: which you have been in for a very long time. It's true. I worked at Golden Apple. I, you know, I, I I've, I've sort of just, I've been this forever. I hate, I hate the word nerd, though.
0: Oh well, uh, we'll change this name of this podcast. No, just I, this.
1: I do. I because I, I know nerds. I know guys who I'm like, you're a nerd. I don't want to spend time with them. And like when I'm like, you know, when I'm chilling out and watching like. BSG or like something like that. I, I hate the idea that I'm part of a nerd Well, you
2: just call it BSG. So no, that you are no. part of a nerd culture. Well, no, no, <laughs> no but you're not
1: understanding what I'm saying. Come on in. I'm someone who likes Battlestar Galactica. Right. If that doesn't associate me with a guy who, like when I use the word nerd, I use it as an insult. Really? Mm. But I think that's your I, personal take on inclusive. the word. It is my personal take yeah, on the word, yeah. but it's, you I know. It's the person parents. you're talking
3: about that you don't want to hang out with. I think that's just an asshole.
1: Well, it's, well listen, no one calls. Or a
2: dork. It, no <laughs> one,
1: unless they're being negative, no one calls sports culture jock culture. Mm. Like when I call someone a jock, I'm generally not being nice to them. I'm implying that they're sort of a meathead, and you know.
3: I don't know. I, I use the term as just like uh, like I'll say I use a jockey guy. He like he's into sports. He plays sports. I don't. Oh, use I use it. it, as it a... I
1: use it like nerd.
3: For me, the I... word. For me, the word because when I was
0: growing up, it was not a nice word to use because it was very derogatory. And you kind of felt bad about it. Uh, and then, I mean, it really was a movie like Revenge of the Nerds that came along. <laughs> so or a movie you... like Real Genius that sort of made you feel like, oh, like nerds are okay. So you devoted
2: your uh, adult life to taking back the N-word?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, I say it, that in my act. I say it's the other N-word. It's the other you know, N-word. Like we're taking it back because it was used in a way... I'm not saying it is has, it contains the
1: but same level like of gravity Someone as the that n N-word. Word. It does
0: Stop it. you fuck yourself, Matt Myra. <laughs> it doesn't, but it's Biden. interesting
1: because I don't re- I don't agree with that really either, the taking back of the N-word. I'd, I sort of... I just
0: You're if, also younger.
1: If I it's true. you grew up in a
0: different generation of nerds than I did. It's
1: true. Yours you see you have a, there's an empowerment to the word nerd. When I hear nerd, I think of me at a party with my friends. Yeah. And I've invited one of my friends who has bad social skills and he's making everyone awkward. That is a nerd to <laughs> Those me. Those were all my friends if, in school. If we No, 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 there are a lot of my friends too, but we all got along and it was fine. A nerd to me isn't a permanent state of being. There's nothing nerdy to me about Star Wars. It's like a really good story. It's one of the biggest uh, movies. Well, of no, all but time. but I'll go further. There's nothing nerdy to me about like some shit, you know, fandom movie like Equilibrium or the Matrix. None of these, none of these things, stri- or Asimov or or Heinlein, or Philip K. Dick. None of these things strike me as nerd. But you said asthma
2: there? and I was like well, actually, asthma is yeah, kind of nerdy. Yeah, yeah.
1: I don't know. I, I guess this isn't the place. Being on the Nerdist podcast. No, 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 no. You no, no. you listen, to listen. To be on this soapbox. I think it, no.
0: I think it's an interesting point of view to take because you have a different perspective. Than we have and and while I will say you know Asimov or Philip K. Philip K Dick maybe they're not particularly at the time when they were were written if there weren't there was no such thing as like those are the nerds and those are the this right. you know uh, I think some people were a little more bookish than others but I do tend to think that that people with what we classically what we what we think of as like nerd brain people do tend what to What is
1: gra- a nerd-brained person?
0: I I tend to think it's someone who uh, uh, has an an almost <laughs> Mutant level of focus... On a thing, and I always say, like, I, I always say that being a nerd isn't about what you like; it's how you like those things.
1: So, would you say you'd say you would then use like for guys who play fantasy football? You'd use the term sports nerds.
0: I would actually yeah. be using that definition because I feel like it, it, it undermines my definition of the word to not in- include all them. the guys
1: who like obsess over stats and like all this stuff, uh,
0: all, all the stat stuff. But I think it has to do with um, focusing on something to such a granular level and trying to understand it more than any other living creature. I think that's what makes someone a nerd—not whether or not they read Asimov or watch BSG or you know how many episodes of Stargate they
3: can. But quote. it's, it's also—it's up to the perspective of the person. Like last night, uh, I was doing a show at the uh, Pleasure Chest, and a girl like held up a, a like some tie. She's like, "Oh, do you mind trying this on?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." Just call me Doctor Frickin <laughs> And then she's <laughs> like, uh, "She's like, huh?" I was like, "It's just a Rocky Horror Picture Show." And she's like, "She's like, oh, sorry." Nerdy reference. Just, I was like,
1: why She is sounds that? like an idiot. She is. That's the <laughs> issue. She's like, she's like a
3: nerdy reference. I was like, it's not really a nerdy reference. It's well, like, this and, is then she, ah, and then ah. she said, referencing movies is nerdy.
1: Now we're at the root, the root of where Chris and I are different because he's defining the word differently than I am. Yes. You are describing nuanced, focused, and specialized intellectualism. Yes. I am describing something that has nothing to do with intellect, nothing to do with brain power, nothing to do with. What you like you 're just talking i 'm talking about a skill. social thing. A nerd is someone who is unable to exist outside of their focus autistic is is an Asperger syndrome or autistic person or someone in the in that line of things you love Star Wars, and all you talk about is Star Wars. You are a nerd to me like this this is what i 'm saying, and that isn 't a good thing. So I like people to be able to relate to each other, and so I use the word nerd because. I was, I've never been, I mean, I'm sure people out there consider me a nerd now, but no one ever thought of me as a nerd. They just thought of me as a fucking weirdo. I'm like an eccentric, sort of hyperbolic, arrogant, like, space cadet.
0: But do you feel like you really are, or is there, and be honest, do you feel like there's any part of you that wants to propagate that idea of you? Because I've hung out with you before, and and you're a very sweet guy.
1: That's because you hang out with me one-on-one. The more people around me, the more sort of anxious I get. And the more anxious I get, the more there is the propagated face of Max Landis, which is not an intentional thing. So you have it, a social... Uh, it, uh, it's a social changeover. And so you're a nerd. Uh, <laughs> no, I would say that I have bad social skills. <laughs> like a nerd? No, a nerd is someone who can't exist. Have you been listening? Yeah, can't you said, exist you said, outside you, of their you, interests. You
3: literally said a little while ago, a nerd is someone that has bad social skills. And
1: because they can't exist outside of their interests. Well, I have bad social skills because I, amen- amen- I get aversion. anxious. <laughs> <laughs> and and then I, I act weird. And, I, feel the, intense. I, feel, I
3: feel the same way when I'm like in a larger group. I tend to get bigger. Or do you, or, you have like a party self? I a, a bit, a bit, but it really depends on the level of uh, of drinking. And I weirdly get,
0: I weirdly have a a little bit of social anxiety in those types of social situations. Every time
1: I see you at a party, you're like you're you look always great. You're like dressed great, and you're like looking around like. Oh, shit. I don't feel comfortable ever. It, it, it's so funny to me. I can one on one. I can pretty
0: much talk to anybody. Yeah. I can do st- I could do stand up for 20,000 people and it wouldn't phase me because theoretically you're alone. I, maybe I guess so. That's true. And then because, you know, it's particularly, you know, stand up is a relatively isolating kind of a lifestyle. But I will say that if I get into a situation where I'm in a party I feel very uncomfortable. It, you, Chloe, can tell you when we're at restaurants, I cannot fucking deal if the tables are right next to each other and there's <laughs> oh, another hate couple right so there. Much. I can't. You know, she'll ask me questions. I'll just be like, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's not, I and I'm talk, not being I a fucking hushed tone. I cannot, I cannot. I just fucking implode. You
1: and you and Chloe being anxious in restaurants. That's perfect. The perfect well, she, doesn't, she
0: doesn't care. Like she's nor- <laughs> she's normal that way. And but I I have such a. I'm so not a party guy in that way, and I'm so much like a... Oh,
1: well, I, I was very here. impressed. I got to say I was very impressed. Chloe, I, I just had... The best party I've ever been to was one I threw. It was my 27th birthday party, which was two weeks ago, which was insane! Like, it was insane. What, like, it was one of the What day most, is your birthday? Uh, it was August 3rd. <laughs> Me too. You guys have You the same and birthday? my dad.
3: Really? Yeah. i have the set, same birthday he he as your dad? He always James
1: Hetfield from Metallica. And then
3: Matt's uh, the 5th.
2: You're yeah. the 5th?
0: Yeah
3: fucking
2: sick, we, we did it. Leo.
1: Leo's. <laughs> Leo's. Oh, are we doing that now?
2: Are we doing meow. that now? What's up, Lions? Oh, no. What's up, Lions? No, no, no. <laughs> I,
1: uh, I, I had this birthday that was like, I can't even describe it to you. You know, like, it was like, it was like a bacchanalia. There was just, it was just madness and we had people from Cirque du Soleil. My friend group is a bizarre group of people. It's the most varied group of people I've they they shouldn't all know each other. It's like the X Men, and I I sort well, of I feel like the X Men should know each other. Well, they, well, they should, but they. Helpful. They, you think Logan would be hanging out with Scott Summers if they weren't on a team together? <laughs> no Oh one yeah, dude, let's get God a Zim beer. Zim <laughs> <laughs> no, but but like, and I remember Chris came in. And he, I was impressed because, like, I he he was looking around like he was on the surface of the moon. You were looking at people like, "What the fuck is this?" And I was <laughs> well, for, really me, for, you me, for me, for me, for me. He spent the, twelve
2: minutes there and got back. It and really the was
1: twelve minutes. <laughs> no, it was he. He glided in. He got, he collected Chloe, who'd been going crazy all night. Uh, in Max, the most intimate uh, uh, I, I kissed you. Max,
0: Max, kiss me on the. We kissed each other on the mouth yeah. for, his, for his photo booth. I got,
1: I got you and Chloe and a hundred and seven other people to kiss, oh, wow. to kiss on
0: the mouth for
3: the for the birthday.
1: Party. And I don't sanitary, have herpes. It doesn't
3: sound sanitary.
0: <laughs>
1: I got, I got tested on Tuesday. You got
3: well, it's sometimes latent yeah. dormant. It could be, it could be Lane dormant. It's, it
1: can test after a week. <laughs> after a week? Yeah, you cannot. Ha- you can never have breakouts. Like well, that's good. So that
0: means you know, none of can... us have herpes, which is nice. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's
1: good. Why? Because have you guys all kissed each other since my party?
0: No, a lot more than. That. I mean, seriously. No, you can't translate mouth to genitals. It's oh, just mouth to mouth. No, we're fine. We're no, mart- you, can, you cool. can translate mouth to genitals. No, it doesn't. The, 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 those those viruses, those strains of viruses, don't 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 transfer. Man. It's it's mouth to mouth and genitals to genitals. Oh, thank God. Uh, yeah, you though. can't. Then You're why about ask the ass. Then
1: why do people? Oh, why why do occasionally people want to wear condoms during blowjobs?
2: Because those are weird prostitutes. Get new ones. Well, you can still you can still get other things. It's just herpes. What can you get? Well, you
0: could you could contact you could contract uh, HIV with uh, with a
1: blowjob if they have open sores in the mouth. If they
0: have open sores in the mouth and then someone ejaculates in your mouth. I'll tell tell you what you oh, you that's can't right. Because
1: there's there's HIV in the cum,
0: and then and yeah. if if you have open sores in your mouth, there they're um uh you know I don't know what else you can get other stuff certainly uh, not an erection. Uh, it's not worth it. Basically, it.
1: Chris, why are you not an expert? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean,
3: seriously,
0: old
1: new podcast tonight. Hey guys, I uh. But so, when you came
3: to my party, you you had a no, yeah, like you you're you're, you're awkward at in large groups. Your but party. Then once you started bowling, you were fine. Well, yeah, once I started bowling, because in the
0: old days for me, it was drinking that loosened me up to be able to be like a fun party guy. It was like self medication. It was absolutely self medication. It was suppressing anxiety. It was suppressing depression, which ultimately ended up creating more depression, and anxiety, which is just the loop. The it helped you nap the loop. though. I mean, seriously, I never <laughs> napped until two better than when I was. It really helped my pizza eating at four o'clock in the yeah. morning. Morning. uh and and so you know i guess for the most part i was able to recover a lot of social skills and a lot of dealing with emotions in sobriety in the last nine years but for some reason just being at a party surrounded by people and when they're loud and they're all drinking i just kind of shut down
1: my party was also ape shit it was like that, the... that was
0: really ape shit i mean it really was beautiful you rented out a house where you could see the whole fucking city from up there yeah and um it, it was it was it, was, it fun. was just
1: madness were you there for the cockatiel
0: I did see the cockatiel. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there was a guy carrying a cockatiel. A around. bunch of
1: my friends are Cirque du Soleil and Barnum and Bailey clowns, and shit got weird. Yeah, shit got weird, man. Uh, like a, like a uh, my my favorite part. my favorite outfit of the night was I had a rainbow tutu, and I was in uh, briefs. I had my rainbow tutu and my shirt that said probably not invited and Mickey Mouse gloves. And someone had give I had a face painter. They'd give me a rabbit face paint and then I jumped in the pool so my face was all smeared with black and pink. I looked like I just got out of NOM, like the weirdest <laughs> rainbow tutu version of NOM ever and I was just going around screaming. Like that was my birthday. Me, imagine that, screaming. Happy birthday, Max. You oh, lost wow. your voice
0: for a couple of days. I
1: lost my bo- voice for almost a week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: because yeah, because you were supposed to be on the podcast last week, and then Jonah ended up having to and work. I, I and, couldn't have done and it so anyway. You couldn't, you couldn't talk anyway.
1: And I would mean, been I've been so excited to go to the podcast because I had no idea what this was. Yeah. So I was like, I was going in totally blind, like this is gonna be a ball. And, but then I didn't have my voice, and then it was canceled, and I was like heartbroken. And then you
3: found out about it. And now it's not as fun.
1: No, this is great. You guys do you, are, uh, how do you see? You how do you? How do you see?
0: How do you see the world? Do you sort of see the world as like the world as a playground that needs to be fucked with, or do you just? Do you just? I like, see it you, as the
1: Max Landis show. What do do you mean? What's the other option? A playground that needs to be fucked with or?
0: Or, uh, I don't know, I mean, it's, or or is just like, oh, you know, just sort of like a moment to moment sort of a thing. Like, do you have an overall
1: plan? Of course I have a plan.
0: What's, what's, what do you, what do you want to do? Like, what is it, what do you want to unleash onto the world besides the the 12 Monkeys virus?
1: Oh, fuck, you know, fuck unleash, fuck creative goals. I, you know, (laughs) it's, it's, I love being a writer. I do have my eye on some sort of. I want to go bigger than JJ Abrams. I want to I want to have multiple films and projects based on my ideas in production at the same time and that's why I'm producing. Now I'm directing something and it's like very stressful. Um but really my goal yeah is to become the best possible me I can be. My entire life has been like we talked about the two maxes. Let's get let's get deep. Let's do it. Uh I I have a sort of a mood disorder that that fucked over my childhood in like a really real way like i didn't have any friends till i was 15 or 16 and i i'm extremely volatile it's called cyclothymia it means you rapidly cycle through hypomanic emotions and what that means is you're not manic it just means that when you have normal emotions like for instance i'm excited to be on the nerdist podcast extra they're they're not just extra they're to 11 you get these these physical, you can see like temperature changes in the brain almost. They're so intense and overwhelming that, you know, when I was young and I was unmedicated, I was like fucking daffy duck. I was a nightmare. You know, people have this theory of me as this sort of, Prince of Hollywood figure, you know nepotism. When in reality, I was really like the hunchback in the Landis family's basement. I didn't, you know, I wasn't allowed to go out because chances were I'd get mad and break something. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, they'd buy me a Nintendo. Oh, I got a game over. I smash my Nintendo. No more Nintendo for my entire childhood. Did
3: you realize what you were doing at the time, or did you kind of just see red and all? No, this is this is
1: what I was doing. My my mindset until I was about fifteen was why is everyone else so fucking calm don't they see that this is the best worst most exciting most boring day of their lives why is everybody else not reacting like me Mm -hmm. and it was crazy because i'll tell a really personal story to all the listeners which is that i got kicked out of high school and i ended up in this school for kids i won't go too far into it but i went into this school for kids this is like this is one of those beats in a friendship, actually. You know how you have stories you always have to tell in a friendship? Like, this is who I am. Stories that establish you. Of course. Assume this is the time I murdered You being somebody. sober is, yeah. a, I assume, That's, one of yours? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so this is, this is one of my more personal ones that is now no longer personal, because everyone's hearing it, which is that I got kicked out of high school, and I got sent to this place for kids who are... And uh, in my entrance to that place, I was 15 and the my entrance exam was done by a clinician who's brilliant this woman who had a giant picture of Reagan in her office <laughs> giant Ooh. and is still i mean like i guess it's proof that they're not all bad because i mean like she's she's a big influence in my life i was in there and like if you watch my tape now of that of that entrance interview can we it's like fuck no Ugh. it's that's for like You've been dating YouTube me for channel. a year. No, it's too intense. <laughs> I like come off We've like t- <laughs> I come off like the Heath Ledger Joker. Yeah. I like I'm like scary, and I think back on that and I'm like Jesus. Yeah. but that would be
3: weird though. We've been dating a year. It's about time you've seen this. <laughs> yeah. I just put in a well, VHS. I,
1: I talk about it a lot. Anyway, so mm. the the end of the story is. She, during that, she said, I, she was like, why do you think you're here? I was like, everybody's an asshole to me. I'm a scapegoat for everything. Everyone's crazy. No one reacts properly to anything. Don't they understand that, Like, you know, like people, everyone's emotionally dead. And I go off on this tirade and I'm like screaming at her. And she goes, you know, isn't it possible? She said like the dumbest thing. She went, isn't it possible if you think that everyone in the world is crazy? Isn't it possible if everyone in the world is crazy that the problem or not problem, but the issue might be with you? And it's funny because even in the video you see me go like, What
3: You were about to call her crazy.
1: Well, then I was like, Wait a fucking minute. And I remember that moment maybe more clearly than any memory in my life, because it was the first time I went, Oh shit. What? No, what? That makes so much sense. And then I went on lithium and like I was on lithium for like five years and now I'm this. And so
3: <laughs> lithium as a drug, what does it feel like?
1: the best thing ever you know people complain about lithium because lithium is often given to you uh and uh, people are misdiagnosed is that cariana down there might be no it's not some other girl but uh it's lithium is often given to people wrongly and then they get all sleepy if you were on the dose of lithium i was on for years you'd be asleep right now you'd just be emotionally dead i don't need much to sleep but for me it was like i would like hey what's for dinner tonight you know, Sloppy Joes, and I'd think I don't like Sloppy Joes, and then I'd think, yeah, no big deal, I'll just eat the Sloppy Joes, and then I was like, wait, something's not a big deal. What the fuck is going on?
0: But was it any of that? Had to have been a relief.
1: It was the biggest relief ever, and you know, it's funny because I, I, you know, I have I have flaws as a person. I I'm extremely selfish. I am ex- I'm a big time egomaniac, sort of narcissist type guy, but separate from that. You talked about what my goals are. My goals are to become sort of a guy who everybody likes, you know, and, and who, who interactions with him make people happy and they think, what a great guy. And that, that's sort of my big goal for life. And it's, it's funny because I've had to build to that goal from a place of just being fucking crazy. And it's, it's weird to like look down back the road and like even like now that Facebook has Timeline, To look at, like, some of my statuses from, like, 2007 Oh, I never thought to do that. I never thought to do that. It's just like a
3: weird, just a weird, like an emotional diary. I've done that with MySpace, where I've gone back to messages that I've sent or been sent, and it's fucking trippy. Oh, my God. I don't uh, want to. It's It's girls that
1: I I don't even remember. Yep. Archaeology of your life. Yeah. You become become, a... a time traveler in your own world. It's and like you
2: don't keep a diary, but the internet <laughs> yeah. makes the you internet is keep your fucking diary. Zucker, you know.
1: we, we we all Zuckerberg Zucker, whatever his name is Zuckerberg. He's our he's our he's Zuckerbraff. Our, Zuckerbraff. Zach Zuckerberg. Zach Zuckerberg. Zach, Zach, <laughs> Zach Zuckerberg. He's, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> he's our character on say by the Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg.
2: I love Zuckerberg on Scrubs.
1: Now. <laughs> he's our stenographer, and it's funny because like I don't know the my story ideally is one of just massive personal growth that just continues onward forever but i'm still like there's still just days where like i get up and i'm extremely happy with my life right now but i get up and i go in the shower and i like shower and then during the shower i notice that like i didn't feed my cat and my cat's like standing by the food dish crying and i think man i can't get out of the shower she seems so sad and then i'm crying in the shower Because my cat needs food, and what a terrible person I am that I forgot. And I'm having these ridiculous thoughts where it's like, I'm having thoughts like, Max, you're the worst person in the world. How dare you neglect her? And then I have to stop and think, that makes no fucking sense, man. That thought makes no fucking sense. Well, a crazy person would never
0: stop to do that. A crazy person would just roll with those emotions. So you do have the awareness you do have the awareness that there's stuff going on, and I think that makes you not crazy because you understand and want to a roo- it. I had a
3: roommate like that. She almost stepped on uh, our cat, and then she's like, she's like, I almost stepped on the cat. I would have heard it, and then she just started bawling for the rest of the day. Was, the rest, That of the
1: was me. <laughs> yeah, you were my roommate? I was your roommate. All right, so good to see you again, well, Annie. It's, it's, that's something, yeah. That was something that was beaten into me via this school and via medication. I, I sort of have this, you know, the, the watchers on the wall in my head watching everything I do and I still kind of one of the things that's concerning is that I'm still kind of an asshole and it always it's it's hard for me to find that line of you know what? What can I excuse with? Oh, I'm a really emotional guy. Like I've been a huge dick to Chloe at different points in our friendship, just because I was like minorly annoyed at something she Get him, at. Chris. Get him. <laughs> Kick and, his ass, man. And, and like, <laughs> come on, bro. Don't be a pussy. Don't be a bro. pussy, You're such a this pussy. This is
2: your moment. <laughs>
3: come on, bro. <laughs> Why did we put me? We made this podcast two and a half years ago for this moment. Let's do it. Oh, oh shit, man. We've been planning. We've been planning, man. We laid the groundwork.
1: I oh, found Lord. Chloe on Facebook. I figured out she was friends <laughs> with know, you. you know i met chloe in a gas station oh really yeah <laughs> she meets friends That's and, we not, surprising. and <laughs> not surprising not <laughs> surprising chloe
0: like no i have to like and i feel bad because i feel like i'm constantly like chloe you got to be careful you can't because i don't think chloe is aware of that she's a very
1: pretty girl oh no she's not chris and, and well, what chloe's totally not aware of that what and, are you saying come on man have i'm you, i'm se- seeing the way she dresses i know the, i understand <laughs> You're saying that. chloe is without guile
0: I'm just saying that she. Or you She'll just start. She'll just start. Uh, she'll start up a conversation with someone, and then they'll. They'll get a little like, uh, you know, like a little stalky or something. Like, you have to be careful because you're so friendly. People will. Get creepy. They'll get creepy, and you just. And she's like, but I don't understand why. And I'm like, because there's just a weird you just have to be very careful with who well Chloe
1: Chloe's in it's it's cool the thing about Chloe that I like love one of the things that I'm really like focused on in our friendship is that she so much enjoys a big spotlight and then whenever it hits her she goes wait
2: wait <laughs> shit!
1: oh no like that and so like that's exactly what you're describing she's like oh I'll talk to this person have a fun time but you know wait, what it this is... person's creepy
0: do you know what yeah. though but she doesn't she still forgives it and I think the reason is because she felt and here we are analyzing my, my girlfriend without her I being l- here to defend your it. your
1: girlfriend's one of my best friends. She is and Am, she adores you her. and she
0: and she and, and uh, but I think when she was mad going, at me right now. I don't know if she is.
1: Because I was making fun of her this morning.
0: Oh, why make fun of her? Because I
1: love making fun of Chloe.
0: <laughs> I know, but it, I think if you do it hurts her feelings. Get up, Chris!
1: You gotta kick his ass, man.
0: What's a fucking Cobra Kai dojo? <laughs> uh, so, but but I will say that um, I think I think when she was younger, she felt sort of outcast socially, yeah. and so she is very much a caretaker. Like she is the type of person where. If if a if if a if a dog without a, if a dog yeah. walk- crosses the sidewalk, it doesn't matter. She could be on her she, way to yeah, meet the swerving. president. She yeah. would chase that dog down and hug it and take it in until it
1: until it found its owner and, and then be terribly disappointed when the owner showed up. Yeah, I yeah. mean she she is one of the uh, no, most
0: she is one of the most caring, generous. Like, just wants everyone to feel okay about themselves. Yeah. Like, puts other people over her own happiness. Every you know, you like, li- you like that. That's pretty sweet. Because I'm a Some- pretty selfish guy. For someone
1: to date, yeah, man. Uh, yeah. But 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 just that's like what I look for in my girlfriends, absolute magnanimity. <laughs> for just they, I just okay. I look for the sweetest, gentlest, most caring but, women, so but, but, they can but, worry but about me, and I don't need to worry about them. One, one, of, one of
0: one of the sweetest, most generous people that you could you could ever hope to meet. So anyway, so you guys met in a gas station. She,
1: I think, was she. It was it was like a random Chloe meeting me and she she said are you guys gamers and we didn't actually get to know each other till i till me and my girlfriend dumped me and then i was super sad and like chloe was just so nice to me after that for like a year and we became really good friends and then she shepherded me through a, a couple of weird relationships and she was going through weird stuff of her own and then she began talking all the time about this guy chris Hardwick. oh my god Very handsome guy oh. and, and i was like so he then- sounds cool and then he was in my movie, Death and Return of Superman, and this is the longest
0: conversation he and I have ever had. But it's I'm a good sure. conversation. It's a good conversation. By the way, it was really fun to do Death and Return of <laughs> Superman because it, it. what's interesting about watching you work is that it's almost, you know, it sort of reminds me, uh, how oh, this is going to sound, this is going to sound overinflated, and I, and I apologize, but I don't know what else to link it to. But it's sort of like, uh, when, um, Salieri is describing like how Mozart writes, <laughs> but it's the only it's the only parallel. I'm not saying you're Mozart. Wouldn't
1: it, wouldn't it be amazing if I then please also don't be Salieri if I'm Mozart? Wouldn't it be amazing if I then walked down these stairs right here and just tripped and broke my neck?
0: That but <laughs> yeah, and I died. Oh, that was and
1: this was the word the last thing that was said
0: about me. But but, but the Austin. way but the way just describing the way that he was like when he was giving musical notation when he was really ill and because Salieri had already been poisoning him, basically. <laughs> and so he's taking dictation, and he's like, he just he sees the whole orchestration, and it's almost like he's taking dictation. It's <laughs> a very interesting... You're The way that you directed that, what I saw there was, you didn't have any notes in your hand, and you were like, okay, you, stand over there, and you got a shot, and you instantly seemed to know how it was going to fit in and I, w- I literally what you see of me in Death and Return of Superman was exactly how long I spent shooting yeah. Death and Return of Superman. But in your head, and it seems haphazard, you're like, stand over there. Okay, hit yourself in the face. All right, great. Okay, you guys go over there. Like, it really was pretty insane but it seemed like in your head these wheels were turning and all these computations were happening and you knew exactly how everything was gonna was gonna play out can
1: i tell you can i tell you something funny because it's really impressive to me that you were able to pick that up not to compare myself to mozart but can i tell you something funny about the way my creative process works yeah i know the whole fucking thing writers a lot of writers i know go through this period where they'll start a script and they'll write 30 pages of it and then they won't know where it goes i have never done that I'm on my 72nd feature screenplay. I know exactly what everything's supposed to look like. I know exactly where everything's supposed to be. For me, you know, I'm not saying for the best possible version of it, just for I see it in my head. And to hear you describe it like that is very flattering. And it's interesting because, yeah, Death and Return of Superman, I knew exactly what everything needed to be. And, and, and
0: there was nothing
1: official about it. It's just like, oh,
0: we're, we're in an alley right now. Yeah. You get sent over there. Okay, you guys. There's you no, know, There's no plan. You run, <laughs> you run this way. And, and somehow, because it's not like, it didn't seem like, oh, he's getting a lot of coverage, so i will have choices. You knew exactly where everything was supposed <laughs> to go and how it was all going to fit together. And uh, it was really, I was like, fuck, I wish I knew. Because I don't, I don't write that way. I just sort of go, I'm going to start. I kind of know where I want to end up, and then hopefully the answers will reveal themselves <laughs> along the way. Uh, but I, I, I wish I had that sort of holistic vision of how things were going to play out.
1: It's not, a, you know, it's not a strategy. It's that's the way stories come to me. I, I I'm like a depressing. I'm a sad thing because I, I'm an engine. Uh, a lot of screenwriters are no are not like this, and this is not to say that their way of doing it is inferior to mine. But I come up with like six. I think pretty cool movie ideas a week. And I'm at the point where I'm so backed up with stuff I've already sold and stuff I like have to work on that I can't do anything with these ideas. And it's infuriating because it's like I know all these movies and I want to share them with everybody. The reason I write scripts as fast as I do is because I need to show them to my friends.
0: You need a script adoption program yeah, where man. every Sunday someone can come to the Writers Guild <laughs> and then you have in crates all these scripts that people
1: can come adopt so then something can happen with them. It's not even it's – they're not even scripts. It's just like I can say a movie. I had this idea. I had a really cool idea for a movie and I can't do anything. Do you guys want to know? My cool idea yes, for Yes, please. A movie. Tell, us,
0: tell us one of these cool
3: ideas.
1: Okay. You guys ready? Yes. Wait.
3: Yeah, go.
0: Okay,
1: my friend Matt Cohen, I was telling him about it. You ready? Okay, so... Oh, Matt Cohen of Smodcast fan. Yeah, I love that guy. Great guy. He's, my, he's like my new friend. You know once you meet a new friend and immediately it's like, bump, bump, I love you. <laughs> he is a, my
0: neighbor. Matt Cohen? Really? Yeah. He is a terrific guy. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. Good guy. So,
1: okay, so this is an idea that I can't even do anything with. <laughs> Here's the idea. Okay, so it's 1791, right? We're with this guy. His name is John Mayweather. Mayweather is formerly of the British Navy, but he was involved in the Boston Tea Party. He was involved in all of these sort of big defeats for the British Navy. uh, Some battles with the French, battles with the Americans, the Revolutionary War is over, and he's completely fucked. He's basically been kicked out of the Navy. Also, while he was at sea, his fucking son died, okay? So he has nothing. His wife left him. His best friend, his name is Hambu Lashmi, He's a guy who he picked up in India during the revolts in India, and this guy basically completely supports him. He should be a prince in India, but he loves Mayweather so much and has so much faith in him that Lakshmi just goes everywhere with him and kind of funds him. And Lakshmi comes to him, Mayweather's like living on the streets, and Lakshmi's like, hey, I got you a job. He's like, what is it? And they're like, it's a retrofitted pirate ship. It's actually one of the ships that you took down during your glory days in the British Navy. And all you have to do is take this this three-mass ship across the ocean to America. It's just a big cargo haul, and it's going to be a good payday for you. It's going to be fine. So Mayweather's like, I don't know if I'm confident enough to do it. Lachman's like, you got to do it, man. And then the British government comes to him, and they say, so we, we think you're taking this job, and that's very good. Basically the precursor to MI6. Basically <laughs> basically colonial British intelligence comes to him, and they say, this ship's cargo is extremely precious to us. On board this ship, there will be a secret British agent. And their goal, we're not going to tell you who that is, their goal is to get that cargo to America at all costs. Also on board the ship, we believe there will be a secret American agent trying to wreck the ship at all costs. Oh, I'm just going to pitch you the first act, because no, once you right, figure yeah. out where it's going... Okay, so he's like, shit, okay. And that activates that thing in him, right? The John McClane. He's like, yeah, all will captain this ship. I'll take the job. Lakshmi's like, fuck yeah, I got you out of your fucking stirrups, man. He gets on the boat. They head out to sea. Everything's going pretty good. It's a real weird assortment of people on the boat. You got, you know, you got a freed slave who's uh, go, who moved to England, who's now going back to America to attempt to buy his family. Idris Elba. Uh, I'm sure, casting it. Go ahead. Sure. Sure. Uh, you you have you have uh, an American family who clearly uh, don't want to go back to America but have to go back in order to shut down their plantation in order to fully move because plantations are sort of just getting really in the swing of it. Uh, you have uh, a couple of British people, hot British, a couple of hot British girls, you know, like people like this. Everyone's on the boat for a different reason. It's almost like the Orient Express. It's like, what's going to go on? High winds start up in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. High, high winds. Winds are fucking up the sails. They lose one of the sails. Lakshmi's like, visibility's down to zero. You need to turn the ship around and go around. Mayweather's like, you're right. And then one of the crewmen comes up to him and goes, I need to reveal to you something. I am the British spy. This fucking cargo has to get to America. You go through the storm... I don't care. And he goes, "Okay, you know. Yes, queen." You know, he immediately yeah. he has that British iron in him. He gets up. He's like, "We're going to go through we'll the storm." He's at that time. He figures out, "Yeah. Whatever." <laughs> anyway, <laughs> We're so king listen, listen. So he's like, he's like, "Okay, I'm going to do it." He goes out, he starts piloting through the storm, but then Lakshmi figures out the real British spy comes to him and goes, "Why are we going through the storm? We have to go around." And he realizes The spy who said he was the British spy is the American spy. He's trying to wreck the ship. They've flown into a fucking (laughs) Class 5 hurricane. Visibility's down to zero, but now they can't get out, so Mayweather's like, it's okay, I'll get us out. He's such a badass that he ties himself to the wheel of the ship. He ties himself to the ship. He's steering it through the storm. Visibility goes down to zero. Fog and waves. You can't even see the ocean off the side of the ship. And then he notices that he is now hanging off the wheel. For a moment, the clouds and mist and storm above him part. And he can see the ocean hundreds of feet above the ship. (laughs) (laughs) The wheel is just twisting. He's knocked out. He awakens on the pirate ship. It's crashed into this cove. The ship is nearly split in half. It's inoperable. Everyone's knocked out. And he's tied to this wheel. And there's something in the water... Something big, some little island, some Atlantic island, but it seems kind of tropical, and there is something moving in this cove, and my god, it's fucking huge! It's almost a dinosaur! He's never seen anything like this, it's a fucking sea serpent! Although the trained eye will of course recognize this as Sarcosuchus, a breed of crocodile that lived over 3,000 years ago that is still theorized to exist. Sarko gets on the boat, he manages to drag himself and the wheel to the lower berth. This thing comes crashing through the boat, he saves three people, eventually it corners him, smashes him repeatedly, into the side of the boat with its snout, but it can't get in. He ends up taking the ship's clock. You know those old clocks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll run underwater. They'll run anywhere. He starts hitting it in the eye. It gets his hand and the clock. <laughs> Bites it off. <laughs> retreats. He's missing his hand now, bleeding to death. Lakshmi saves him. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Do you see where I'm going yet, folks?
0: I I, I see that I understand why you sell a lot of movies
1: no no it's peter pan Pan, guys but it's from the point of view of captain hook we we re-entail as this really intrepid guy the end of the first act is being stranded in neverland the second act and i don't pitch dark and gritty i hate that everyone's trying to do dark and gritty reboots they don't have to be dark and gritty they just have to be good whatever just happened to good you know so we basically the second act of the movie is him meeting peter pan and the lost boys who are basically lord of the flies except for they can fly, (laughs) flying Lord of the Flies. He immediately identifies with Peter basically as a son figure because he misses his son, and Peter's going to help him get off the island, and he's dealing with the spy intrigue for most of the second act and also the Indians on the island and the mermaids and all that great Neverland shit, you know? And then the third act is Peter's been fucking him over the whole time. He has these kids like fucking him over and taking all of their food, Peter and the Lost Boys intend to kill all the adults in Neverland and fight them off. The end of the movie is a huge confrontation with the Lost Boys, who, by the way, have fucking superpowers. (laughs) It's fucking terrifying to fight the Lost Boys. (laughs) He manages to fight them off, and an uneasy truce is established on the island because they're just trapped there. The second movie is Peter Pan as we know it, in which Wendy and the Darlings come in, and they basically get Stockholm Syndrome as Mayweather tries to save them. And the third movie is Escape from Neverland, that's a trilogy it's peter pan i can't do anything with that idea because i'm 12 movies in i had that idea like five weeks ago i can't touch it i can't do anything i can't write that movie i don't have time it's fucking just boiling in my head i'm not allowed to pitch stuff because i sell too much stuff and then i get myself (laughs) in this hole where i'm in right now and that sounds cocky but it's a bad place to be now i'm in a hole i have rewrites on five things simultaneously it's like come on man you guys are all going to be able to say you knew me before i was in rehab i mean it's at the end of the day a screenwriter is the engine of a car. And your script is that engine. But if you got a warehouse full of engines and no cars, what do you got? You got the enough.
2: DeLorean plant. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. that's true, yeah. That's exactly what you yeah. have.
0: Well, but so sorry. You're almost weirdly imprisoned by success in a strange sort of way.
1: I would say I would say I'm not imprisoned because I love my job. Right. It's a really hard job and there are parts of it that suck. Your job is to uh, distort, edit, reformat, and reequip your passion and and your your sort of babies, these scripts to suit a perceived corporate and commercial need. That's what being a screenwriter is. It's not writing scripts. Anyone can write scripts. Being a screenwriter is changing the scripts in order to try to get them made. And that's the hard part of the job. But at the end of the day, you don't work at McDonald's, so what are you complaining about?
0: You know? Yeah, well, and also, especially if people are like, oh, it must be so hard to the script. But if your main goal is to put all this stuff into the world and you have this, this basically uh, unquenchable thirst to get your ideas out into More. the world, then it is almost... It it is almost kind of weirdly torturous to be like,
1: I just want to make these things and I can't make these things. Why won't these things make themselves? This is, see, you just hit it, Chris. Is the problem is without a car, the engine's nothing. I can go home, I can paint a picture, right? Yeah. I just did it. I could write a song or learn to play guitar. I did it, you know? You do a stand up act, you did it. That was you. But I can't just go make a movie, and I mean, you can say, oh, independent film. Not the type of shit I write. Not with giant crocodiles and pirate ships. Not with boys throwing buses through the air in Seattle. Not with Frankenstein standing on a platform as lightning crackles all around him. I can't do this alone! And that's the worst part about being a screenwriter is you, you need other people. You like other people. I love other people, but I don't want them to touch my stuff. <laughs> and that's what's fun. That's is that the problem. Then your job yeah. is that you get paid. You go, here, here's my stuff. Please like yeah. it. Please help me. Because they're never, you know, I don't know how much you guys know about the screenwriting process, but notes are a,
0: a bitch. I know, well, I know it from the television side, um, and I've seen it, and we've all worked on shows where it's, it's, I mean, this doesn't really happen to me so much anymore, but, but definitely where you, ask, you're an icon. Now, you, well, that's definitely not true. But uh, it, 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 but they but you get these insane notes. They're like, why does that? Why would I have to? How would yeah. that
1: make any sense? Why would that person? Why would I need to do it's, that? It's rough. But the thing you have to remember and here. If anyone's a screenwriter out there who's working or who's gotten a note they don't like, here's what you have to remember. And this is the only thing that keeps me sane is that they're trying to make the movie too. No one here is your enemy in that room. No one there is giving you notes to fuck with you. They're giving you notes because that's what they need you to do to move the movie to the next level. And as long as you can think of it that way, you will be excited for every rewrite. It'll be rough, but once you get that through your head, you get a note that you hate, and you, if you can separate from your ego, your pejorative ego telling you, hey, man, this is your art. Don't change it. If you can separate from that and take your art and reshape it, that's the job of being a screenwriter. And maybe and you get a movie babies. made.
0: And ultimately, and ultimately, you're right because we are lucky that we get to do this. I right? mean, It's so silly what we get to do for a job. Like, oh, I get to do stuff that I love and get paid for it? Right. What? Come I, on. I Someone's going to figure out that's not right. I worked at
1: McDonald's for a long time. You oh, know? you did? And like, and I worked at Stop and Shop. I worked at a Halloween store. I just, I sort of, at the end of the day, I just feel really happy and lucky most of the time. Yeah. Except for about girls. (laughs)
0: Well, they're tough to, you know, relationships are tough to figure out, especially if you, you know, especially if you do have a very strong point of view. It's, it's,
1: you know. it's It's hard, especially for me, because I tend to bowl people over. Like girls will just fall in love with me and then realize two months later that I'm kind of a jerk and they'll be like, wait a minute. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you I'm kind of a jerk. And so my again, part of my goal is to eventually spread it out over 10 years, never be part. Yeah, spread it out to 10 years or never, never be kind of a jerk. And,
2: and never... It's easier to spread it.
3: Yeah, I think you're right. Always, never be kind of a jerk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: but
0: I definitely think you know. I think it, I think pretty quickly, the nepotism question went away. Like when people started to see your work, and they're like, "Oh, okay, no, actually, he is a talented you guy." And then...
1: about nepotism, that's a whole thing. I mean, it, it's uh, my my story of nepotism is very easily ended, which is that how many movies has John Landis made in the last ten years?
2: <laughs> right. I saw him at the movies once.
1: He is an awesome guy, and I love my dad, but my dad ha- has never really been in a position... The best way to say this is he's never been in a position to help me sell something. And I should add that studios, no matter what you might hear about... They don't give a shit. They don't give a shit. They care about money. They care yeah. about money. They might, they're might. they not going to buy a script as a favor. They might as well buy you a house. You know, it's <laughs> like...
0: I know. I see, I see stuff like that a lot of times where people are like, hey, how come... This thing happened in your show. And you're like, it, things don't work that way. Yes. There is a company and they want to make
3: money. <laughs> and, and that came so up that. With, uh, when Girls like, came out on HBO. Well, I, was like, I was like, of course they got a show. Look where their parents are. But the fucking show was good. Who and, are their parents? Who are their parents? Um, well, well, that's uh, like,
1: you know, J.J. Abrams' parents were television producers. Yeah. And he yeah. was he had, like very successful television producers. No one knows that. I mean, yeah. like so many people have. Because s- you always have sort of a foot in somewhere. You always have – you. everyone sort of has to know someone. That's the first key. And who you know could be an assistant at CAA. It could be someone – your best friend. It could be a director you met. It could be anyone. But no one just walks in with a script and sells it, as far yeah. as I know.
0: I don't even think, like, the head of a studio could just give their kid a movie. Like, there are too many – Yeah, I really, there, there are too there, many, yeah. many yeah. safes Yes, there are too many factors involved and too many other people to sort of check like, you, you them out. You just can't give someone – like, ah, let's just give that kid, I mean, like maybe in the old studio the system
1: old studio days, days you definitely
0: but, could, but not but now because, no. because companies are run by mega corporations that are driven by, uh, you know, ticket sales and ad dollars. Yeah. And so that's, that's
3: where the decisions well, and, are being made. And that's why I was so upset to hear people say like it's like oh, girl sucks because it's like uh you know the, the lead girl Lena Dunham her mom is a huge artist uh, Brian Williams' daughter is one of the actresses
0: like
1: that it. would get her David an David H- like daughter. that would get
3: them an HBO show
0: because yeah, exactly. Brian Williams is their dad no yeah. it it has to it has to the work has to stand stand on its own
1: yeah, yeah. It's, it's what's the most interesting is how how much stuff is just bad and you're like how'd this happen because there's a thing going on that you just hit on. That is very important to me to get out. This is a good platform to get it out if anyone's still listening after my rant about the insane asylum. If anyone's still listening right now, you should know the reason studios are making all these remakes and all of these reboots and all of this IP, intellectual property, pre-standing things, has nothing to do with Hollywood being intellectually bankrupt or creatively bankrupt. All it has to do with is a bottom line of we need to make money. Yeah. We, if there are plenty of great scripts out there. It's not like it's not when people are at home. Like I'm going to write a new idea. There are plenty of great scripts floating around. No,
0: it's the easiest way, and you know, guaranteed. A, it's the easiest way to get a consumers consumers attention in a marketplace that's overcrowded with content between the internet and television and movie. And I'm not saying I love it or agree with it, but in the in the in the minds, I think of the marketing people who are <laughs> running right the studios. They say, "All right, we have two movies. One of them's a beautiful." Uh, film that has it has lovely moments and comedy, but no one's heard of anyone in it, and no one and no one really no recognize anything. Right. And there's this other thing where we're gonna remake, you know, Police Academy four. Well, people have heard of Police Academy, right. so they're flipping through their paper. They're gonna go, oh, I've heard of this thing. Why that's are we wh- remaking the fourth
2: one? That's I don't on favorite. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the first one, Is Origin. You gotta go on- Origin story.
0: No, no, no. The first
2: one. <laughs> you know, everyone Police knows Academy how it begins. Works. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Mahoney's origin. So actually, Mahoney's origin no, story no, no. was in the first Police Academy. Yeah, you got to go deeper than that. You got to go with uh, now. C- uh, I have not uh, seen
0: Police Academy in many years, but I always remember it
3: being a fun movie. Yeah, it is. It still is. I the fir- I even thought the third one was Citizens uh, on Patrol with Sissons. David
1: Spade. Didn't, didn't every time it would have less of the original? Yeah, class? yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I yes. think
3: the fifth one, Mission to Miami, was the first one without uh, anyone from
1: the first. Well, no, no it was still Miami. Some people.
2: It wasn't Miami. It was Moscow. No, Mission.
1: that was six. There were was, six police I know that there were yeah. like twelve land before times. There's a bunch of land before
3: times. It's weird. Those it's are like, easy, those straight to DVD movies yeah, for kids. There were like a hundred of them. It, it's weird though. It's it's like kinda like being Sharp really into P a band. With leaf you're like really into a band and then you're like, Oh, they're still putting out records? There's like five <laughs> records since I stopped listening. they didn't just disappear when I lost interest. The opposite thing happens to me. I,
1: I my favorite band is a band called The Servant. I found out about them like five weeks after they broke up. Oh, yeah. And I was like, and I don't like, I have the worst taste in music of anyone I know. Oh, uh, subge- I'm right subjectively. here. Subjectively. What do you listen to? I listen to like 102.7 Kiss FM and I'm singing along to Katy Perry. <laughs> That's <is> me. I've <laughs> been to
2: 42 Dave Matthews concerts. Crush me. Yeah, well, close. With those oh,
1: here's go. He's good. Things. Go. You he went do. crush,
2: not crash like erp, you assholes. Erp, 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 crash. Erp, 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 erp. <laughs> okay. September twelfth the wakes bowl. You're the one who the said September twelfth of the bowl.
1: Here, wait, wait, uh, you, uh, you do. Uh, what's the, what's the song where they're fucking while the end of the world?
2: Uh, when the, when, when the, the world, world ends. ends. Yeah. When
1: the world ends. That sounds yeah. fucking sexy, yeah. man. Put that on during sex. Have weird sex for yeah. four minutes. <laughs> yeah. four Put on, four
2: minutes, on the Paul Oakenfeld remix from Matrix Reloaded soundtrack. But and uh, you can uh, have so mushroom longer sex.
1: <laughs> mushroom, mushroom
2: jazz. Mushroom <laughs> jazz. <laughs> it's
3: a very
1: specific mushroom, time. Mushroom jazz is the sounds <laughs> I make with my mouth while I'm on mushrooms. Yeah,
2: mushroom yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: jazz. Boop. Dop, dop, yeah, that's fun. Mushroom jazz. Now, it's
0: it, it, it's it's amazing to me that you can handle... Like, I'm always fascinated by anyone who can handle drugs.
1: I love... Uh, I'm going to... I'm. I should... I'm worried about my maybe, maybe don't say it. I I do there I do one drug and I do it a fair amount and I just think and you do it well. And I think it's I think it's the best drug. It's the only drug I know of just even have heard of that's completely not addictive. Upper or downer? Uh neither. Uh, it's, Super Mario. Does a lot of them. <laughs> ah, those are great. Uh, yeah, the ju-
3: drug's called being in love with
0: a
1: princess.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. So, uh,
1: it's <laughs> called dra- having a weird the friend. Dra- the drug is called turtle crushing. <laughs> it's <laughs> where you take a turtle and you ground it up. And you <laughs> if smile. I if I see
0: a question mark, I have to hit it with my head.
3: That's the yeah. That's a side effect. Yeah, that's
0: yeah, a yeah. side effect. It's,
1: it's it's weird because like I, it's another thing was to impress a girl, but I just I don't know. It, I, I, drugs are interesting to me because I hate I don't like. That moment uh, with a lot of drugs where you're like, wait, what am I doing? And like, that's why I don't smoke weed at all, is because it just like slows down my thought process. Yeah. And normal, mundane thoughts seem like they're really profound. And you're like, wow, that's the funniest thing in the world. And then later, you're like, that's so stupid. That doesn't happen to you on the other one? No, the other one, I have real deep insights about myself and my personality. It only lasts for like three hours, it makes everything look. It's fantastic. fantastic.
3: They just turn up the color, the brightness. The color and
1: everything looks like a fairy tale. And it's like this is spectacular. I don't know. Sure sorry. Oh, sorry. No, that's funny. all right.
0: No, that's all right.
3: I I, I enjoy it. Hey, notice well, podcast
0: listeners, Joe, buddy Chris Hardwick, reminding you, you don't need to take drugs. Yeah, yeah
3: It's I, uh, I on, I've tweeted about it. So just far. just put on some blue blockers. You can have just as much fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, no, I I enjoy that. But my but like every time I'm on it, I, I will have like long conversations about just the boringest of things. But I, like, but we're talking so eloquently. Yes, about... Yes. No,
1: no, no. That the, you become this this orator. You become yes. this all of the words in your head or at the tips of your fingers, especially yeah. for me, and you can say these beautifully constructed sentences yeah. about nothing. And they are beautiful. They are. You don't think they're beautiful. Like If you write them down, it's the cleanest, most beautiful, fluid, cool, chilled now form Matt, of human I, expression.
0: I, I like the chai latte at Starbucks. You like the one <laughs> the at Nordstrom's? <laughs> I do.
2: The Nordstrom chai latte is fantastic. It's a little sweeter. It takes me on a mental
0: vacation.
1: <laughs> but, uh, hey
3: guys, maybe uh, sometimes <laughs> I like to eat something that comes out of cow shit. Maybe that's me. May. <laughs> maybe that's <laughs> our <laughs> lives, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe we're making all kinds of choices. Is. That's also that's what
1: just like that's that's the whole thing is when you're an adult like, and some sometimes you have sex. And you're like, that was gross. Like, the, like the five year old in you just comes out for a second. Does that not happen to anyone here? Uh, all three yeah. of these guys looked at me like, uh, no, no, no,
3: no, no. I, I find like every time I, I was talking to a guy and he was like, yeah, man, me and this girl, we had sex for like
1: an hour and a half. I was like,
3: oh, oh that's just flesh no, and rod. It's like,
1: there's a lot of friction. Hear, someone has a rash. Whenever yeah. I hear about anyone having sex for like more than 30 minutes, the sex part of sex, the sex part of sex. Like, for more than 30 minutes, I'm like, who are you? Yes, are you? What? Why are you not thinking about other things? Yeah. I like can't that.
2: climax anymore. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. you never want to get to the point where she's like, just finish. Let's yeah, just you
1: never. It you yeah. never want to get to the point where they're telling you to come repeatedly. Right. You yeah. never
0: want like <laughs> if you go down on a girl, you don't want the head tap.
1: You don't want the head <laughs> tap. Ever, and you. T- <laughs> <laughs> that <one? laughs> yeah. That. Okay. Yeah. You know. I uh, do. I do a thing. I do a thing that I'm gonna recommend to you guys. Okay. I'll go down on a girl. And then immediately go down on them again without initiating sex, and that gets that gets a lot of applause. Well, that's, oh, that's a quick, uh, uh, quick uh, encore.
3: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But that's the whole idea of like, uh, like you know, uh, teasing, right? No, 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 no. Although well, all the way to, to till it's over. No, and then, then done. And then make out with oh the first. Oh man, I don't shit! I, don't I don't, want to make out after that. I don't, I don't
0: tease f- right. I don't tease right. I just finger a girl and start pointing her and go, "You're adapted." That's the wrong way okay, to. to do do cosplay. Cosplay. He's, no, he's, that's you're, the wrong way. a lot of You're sort of you
3: sort of poking at a girl's vagina, going, "It's weird. You're I, weird." How you doing over there, Katie?
1: Katie's on the internet right now. Hey, just
3: boys being boys up here at the meltdown. So why
1: is she? Why is she naked?
3: Oh God, Katie,
1: put some clothes on. I was wondering about the why there's a naked girl in the room
0: because uh, she's so disgusted by everything we're saying. She needs to shower as quickly yeah. as possible, she's stripping to, off all of the contaminated to, clothes. To, yes, yeah. to to just get the the stink off of everything that we're saying. Um, but uh, we're at about at our at our hour, Max Landis, and uh, this was a delightful conversation. And I hope this you nice, yeah. I hope you feel uh, good about it. And I hope that uh, I hope you go easy on yourself uh, and <laughs> don't. I know I I beat myself up too. But I know if I sense that you beat yourself up a lot, and uh, and you don't need to. If your goal is really to put more goodness in the world, that is a valiant goal, and you will
3: you should achieve that. And I'll tell you this: um, I was coming into this ready to hate you, and
1: even after I saw you last night, you seem well. You no, seem like I'm, the I'm using that. Guy. I'm
3: using that as part of this whole experience. Okay. Okay. Not now. I meant like the whole process of having you okay, on. Okay,
1: sorry. I'm sorry. Start again. <laughs>
3: Everyone is ready to <laughs> I hate I was me. about to like uh, compliment you. I, I was going to say I was, I was getting ready to hate you because all I knew was just that, <laughs> that situation I saw. And you won me over and you made me feel happy. And I was very <laughs> excited. And so uh, you did a good job. You did exactly what you set out to do in life. So here you go. Very, it's a very good job. It's podcast. hard for me to say nice things. Please don't make it Thank harder. You, ask you Matt. Matt, Matt ask Jonah Matt. never says nice things. No, I've, but th- uh, you, is, uh, yeah. no, Max. It was but I, wonderful. I, I, I was delighted by this episode, and it says, "Yeah, yeah." So,
2: yeah, thank you for coming on. And yeah, yeah and, and I feel uh, like Snow White and the Huntsman made a ton of money. I don't know why your Peter Pan thing can't just uh, make hey, a bunch really of money. really quick, isn't that
3: kind of bullshit that they
2: fired? A, yeah, that is
3: bullshit. They fired Kristen Stewart off the sequel of Snow White and the Huntsman because have, she cheated with the director. That's still on the. Not movie. only did they fire them, but I I think
0: they no, may not be. Still on. I think I don't know if they're still making it. The article that I read was like, and the future is uncertain for the sequel to.
1: I had a meeting with Robert Pattinson two weeks before it came out, and was so taken aback by how charming and cool he was. Seems like it, yeah. And that really bummed me out because then, like, I would have had no stakes. I would yeah. have been like, ha ha ha, case do our pets. ha yeah. ha, that sucks. Instead, I like, I found out that news, and I took it like I was like his. Fr- I'm not his friend, but I took it like <laughs> yeah. I was his friend. I was like. Man, that sucks! Like I really got upset. Oh, yeah. I
0: mean that is the uh, you know for, for especially if he's a re- like a really sweet but guy. He was it's so like cool. it's like really. You gotta cheat on me, and it has to be a thing that everyone in the world has yeah. to know about. And you know that you could hear the collective b- boing of boners from all yeah. the gossip rags like the second that came out. And
3: he's promoting a movie right now.
0: Yeah. He was—he so he was, has
1: to go out. He was out very
0: sweet on the Daily Show. Yeah, I
1: watched the Daily Show clip. He it was great. He was ducking that ice cream hard. It yeah, like he, he had didn't an want to touch disorder. it. Yeah. Well,
0: listen. First Just, of all, you take into account that. Um, but you know my my experience with the Brits is that number one they do not like talking about themselves right. they're very like no 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 I don't want to you know like they it, it's 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 very awkward for them to do that so not only is he in a position where he has to talk about himself he has to talk about himself a, 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 about the most personal thing that two people yeah. in a
3: relationship can can. can
0: Go
1: What's through.
3: up? Oh nothing.
1: Did, did you just quit?
3: No, no, no.
2: I did you just, just tap out. Didn't need the headphones on I was anymore. talking more
3: about the situation with the movie.
2: I love the situation. He's great.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
2: Not about uh Oh the situation. Not about the other uh listen, I enjoyed Snow White and the Huntsman. So if it's
1: not about what we're talking about.
2: It is in my head.
1: <laughs> Crazy. Are you, are you so you're just sad? No. <laughs> You're just sad that there might not be a sequel. Yeah, I'm really that's what's hitting out. you right I mean, now. I, like,
2: I loved watching a regular-sized people play dwarfs. Oh my
1: god, that's you guys. <laughs> what yeah, up it there? is? Yeah. yeah, yep.
0: The Comics Factory made that in Georgia.
1: That's sick. I need more fan art. My Twitter page right now. Remember how I talked about up that? at up to my knees? Yeah, my Twitter page right now. The background is my friend Austin did a drawing who knows me okay, she she did a drawing of sort of the two different Maxes yep. without me telling her to do it. I was like, whoa, it's really cool.
3: <laughs> do you have the... I ar- take back what I said. No, <laughs> <laughs> no but... It, Fuck it, you, guys. <laughs> it's okay, it's the, seriously, come back. The come two back. Maxes. <laughs> uh...
0: That's it. Uh, Max is on, add uh, up to my knees. So you're working on, obviously, you're probably working on the sequel to Chronicle, I would imagine. I'm working
1: on Chronicle 2. I'm working on my movie Frankenstein, my movie Good Time Gang. I'm apparently directing a movie, which is really scary and exciting. I'm producing a movie called The Nefarious Woogle. I also have my movie Pied Piper at Fox, and then I also have, I am um, forget, Villains at Universal, and then also Amnesty, which is being directed by Ron Howard at Universal. And <laughs> Jesus then, Christ. Uh Remember I said you're gonna, you knew me before Rehab? Yeah. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I, I just uh, completed a new script that I'm really proud of. We're going to see what happens with that one. And then I might. I have a short that I just finished. And Next then, time I see you
2: outside of a party, I will know how many scripts you've sold this year.
1: Yeah. And then I also... <laughs> the <laughs> number seven! <laughs> like you're never and then I also... Death and Return of Superman got me a dream job. I'm writing a short story for the Superman annual comic. Oh, 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 really?
3: Yeah, I'm shitting my pants. That's really cool.
0: You literally are shitting your pants because you haven't gone to the the bathroom for an hour. Full
1: circle!
0: Full circle. Uh, Well, congratulations. (laughs) You unlocked an Xbox Live achievement. (laughs) I just got an achievement. The the shit callback achievement. (laughs) Um... But uh will we'll, we'll take care and, you know you 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 will have you back on again in in a little bit and check in on you and make if sure I have Something to promote? I would, sure, lo- I
3: would love to hang out with
0: you. You could just come man, on and talk. So like fun. you don't have to promote anything. That you can just so ca- you love can love
3: just come on and just, talk. just do
0: it without mics? <laughs> yeah, we could just talk like people. That's I don't know e- that about that.
3: That seems hard.
1: It seems harder. It <laughs> <That> seems hard.
0: <laughs> no, I need the microphone. <laughs> I Need the
1: attention. Oh, God,
0: Chris just turned it on. He's not kidding. I don't know if you've seen Nicole Kidman in To Die For. I have. She was on to something. I have. Yeah. She was onto something. Enjoy your burrito, everyone. I'm gonna, I'm gonna enjoy do, your
2: burrito. i gonna do a mat. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Boom. Yeah, you're just done. Go no ahead, Phone! You're just done. Yeah.
3: Boom! You should do it like this, though. <laughs> Not
2: Jonah, bad. Those are expensive. Not These are nice. <laughs> okay, <good>? no. <laughs> if
3: that right on the thing? That's what I was trying
2: you, to go Don't for. stop. Throw it, off, throw nope. it off your thing. I think the most expensive thing in here is the chair. Hey, Jonah
1: did something so good and wonderful for me, made me so happy. What was that? Uh, Are you recording, Katie? There was a Joel Hodgson thing at CineFamily... Uh-huh. and I was just stopping by Senna Family to annoy my friends and then as I was leaving Jonah was going in he was like I have an extra seat and I went in it was like one of the most brilliant it inspiring. Amazing. Max
2: it's, you do a lot of things to annoy your friends yeah. Why is this is this like a fun <laughs> thing for you?
1: When I'm bored you know I don't have a day job so it'll be like like, <laughs> like, like Senna Family will be like I'll just show up I'll be like hey everybody and they'll be like. Do you, you do, do have you a day job here. you have to write like six scripts. That's not my day job that's like my that's my life <laughs> that's just, <laughs> no. that doesn't end that's going on all the time. That's a d- night job. I wrote I, you know, I, it's so depressing. Like, I discovered the Gundam style thing, of course, l- like earlier this week. <laughs> yeah, and like, I was like, "Hey, everybody, look!" And then everyone I know has seen it a thousand times. Chloe has a shirt. It's like, "Oh, fuck you guys!" And yeah. so, like,
3: it's in a vintage shirt too. Yeah, By this time it's a vintage shirt. It's from like, it's yeah. from like, oh god, yeah. that's so like, it's already worn. It's mid so August,
1: <laughs> you know, like I, it was, it was brutal. And like, I, I was, I, I did a fun thing today, which is me and my friend Dylan were writing in Bourgeois Pig. And I started doing the dance really subtly. And she, I assumed she would just think I was being weird. Turns out, of course, she knew the whole dance better than I do. Just again between your legs then? So, So, no, we didn't do the elevator. Although, like, after I saw the elevator, it's one of those things. Have you guys ever, it's a very unique brand of sort of greed, is when you hear a song or see a movie and instead of liking it, Instead of liking a product, you go, damn, I wish I created that. I wish that had been mine. Well, comics associated. do that with yeah.
0: jokes where we see a yeah. comic write a great joke and you're like, fuck, I yeah, wish yeah. I wrote In- that. Instead of laughing, you just go,
1: ah. Uh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Why didn't I? I? was right there the whole time. Because like the, the elevator thing for me... Is like I should have been doing that with my friends in 2007 I should have created that meme <laughs> free of a music video I should have been standing in an elevator thrusting because I thrust in elevators so often already putting a guy between my legs is just the next logical evolution. I feel the step. same way
3: about growing up I all that wasted time of having just good friendships like we could have just been making memes you
1: could have just been making <laughs> yeah. memes. why, um, why the, do you need friends when you can have internet infamy
3: the best ver. the best the best follow-up,
0: the best, like, response video to that is at a Korean baseball game. Yeah. The cheerleaders are doing Gangnam style and then they pull up a security guard who's sitting right there. Right. And he fucking does the dance. Move for move. And the crowd goes so fucking crazy and you can't help but get chills because you're like... This guy, he's a security guard. He's clearly, he's clearly. Like, sec- is, it, is it like the homeless guy with the
1: golden radio voice? It kind of you know, is that like saying. that guy.
0: It kind of is like that guy. And he fucking nails
3: Gangnam Style, and everyone goes bananas. I think I saw the same thing happen when the Macarena was big. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's except for like, come but, on, do it. And yeah, it be like, old people doing it's almost Macarena.
0: time. It's
3: almost time for it to come back.
0: But like, yeah. but
1: you have to keep in mind that like Gangnam Style is a very involved dance. It's not the Macarena <laughs> is like. So is the Dougie. The Dougie is fun. It depends how you do it. Like Kate Upton's Dougie, the one that sort of made it famous, yeah. is not a classic Dougie. Dougie's I like Robert one, Ludlum's two, Dougie. Two, two, one.
0: I don't know. It just sounded I like, like Dougie,
3: a book. Doug, I from the creator Dougie, of Dougie the Bourne the Supremacy.
0: Dougie. There was never just one. There
1: was never just one Dougie. It's one, two, one. Two two one. That's uh, what the tuggy is.
0: I uh, uh, there's there's two there's two more things I want to squeeze out of you. Okay. Word, word wise, uh, is your uh
1: uh. There's two more things I'd like to squeeze, squeeze out, out of you. Yeah. As long as I've got you here, Max.
0: I just want to grip your brain and milk out this pulp. Uh,
1: if that's all right. Um, is first question. Do you put balls in an asshole? Have you tried that? <laughs> when you have sex with a girl, you put your balls in and everything. Right? Yeah. You just like you put it, it all in there. and then you wait. You put your hand in her butt. You put everything in the front, and then <laughs> you wait and you wait for twenty minutes, and that's sex. I like and that. now we're cha-cha. Yeah. yeah. Got, perfect. What do you What that's do you want to Gundam milk out of me, Chris? That That is Gundam mm-hmm. style. Yeah. Um I thought it was Gundam style for like the first like twenty minutes of me hearing it, and I was so excited.
0: Let me. Let's. Uh, I still haven't seen it.
1: <laughs> I want. Haven't I, seen it. Nope. You haven't seen Gundam style? No. Here, it looks like this.
0: It's the horsey. Okay. It's the
1: horsey, and then the thing where he kicks the leg.
0: Yeah. I can't do it. We're,
1: right. we're so not interesting right now. I feel like I'm listening to. I feel like I'm listening to myself talking in a car with my friends, and we're all going somewhere. That's
0: the podcast. Yeah,
1: and we're like, we're sort of like, well, what, I thought what you we, knew
0: where we were going. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. what do you want to talk? about? Well, I guess about? we're like, just going to drive around. Are
1: We going to go to Jenny's house? Are We going go to Karen's house? Like, whose party are we going to? Oh, there's uh, no, hey, Karen. Mm, those there's are girl no, names. Uh, there's no parking there. Fuck that. Yeah, but we're For not going to go out. Let's go to, no park- yeah, <laughs> let's go to Jerry's deli. Yeah, let's go to Jerry's deli. That's, that's the conversation okay. right now. I want to... Uh, too expensive.
0: <laughs> I, I want you to... You, you had said you had a, a J, your J, your James Bond movie, your next J, if you could If you could do the next James Bond movie. Are we Bond doing movie. that? Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, if I, if I could do any James Bond movie, like any James Bond movie ever, like now with Daniel Craig, I think what I'd want is for it to start, like before the... I'd want it to start with Daniel Craig being debriefed by M, being mm-hmm. debriefed by Judy Dench, you know, in MI6. And he is he's just come back from a mission, he's a little beat up, and then one by one inside of MI6, everything starts falling apart. Like the place is being absolutely destroyed from the inside, bombs start going off. When it, he gets in an elevator and then gets out right before it drops, all the elevators are destroyed. There's no way up to the surface of MI6. Everything is blowing up. Q's whole area blows up. They're introducing Q this movie, so sure. we'd be able to blow him up. Okay, everything's being destroyed, and we end up with two other double O's. And it's, like, impossible that this level of a security breach could have come from anyone but a double O, right? So they end up going through this escape tube. They end up out on the end, edge of the Thames with guns on each other. It's, like, 002, 007, and 003. And they have got guns on each other, and they're yelling at each other, like, I know it's you, I know it's you. And then the two other Os are machine gunned right in front of us. Like, whoa! Because we sort of think those are going to be the two, like, villains or companions for the movie. No, they're both dead. He shot, Craig is shot like six times in the chest, falls into the Thames, floating in a pool of his own blood, and he looks up, and it's Timothy Dalton with an Uzi, has machine gunned him. He sinks to the bottom. We find out that James Bond, the name James Bond, is actually just a code name given to whoever is 007 at the time. So all of the previous James Bond movies are in the same continuity as the Daniel Craig James Bond movies. So they go rogue? So there are two of them, Dalton and Brosnan, have gone rogue. And killed, we don't necessarily see them, but killed Roger Moore and Sean Connery. They're all dead because they killed them and they've gone evil and they're going to kill all of the 00s and destroy MI6 and then take over the world. And the reason they're able to do this is, number one, they have all security clearance, but number two, you turn it into continuity porn, which there's never really been in a James Bond movie. You have him encounter logs of stuff that happened in From Russia with Love and Moonraker and License to Kill. All of these movies are now continuity, except for when you show stuff from them, it looks like new James Bond. It looks great. So you see, like, file photos of Odd Job and Jaws, except for they look fucking badass and you're like whoa this doesn't look silly at all the moonraker lasers are in the movie <laughs> and you do a movie like that where you have James Bond on the run no MI6 versus James Bond and James Bond and of course those two are eventually going to double cross each other too oh fucking sweet why don't you make that uh, because the broccoli family I don't think would buy that I think it, whenever you think of something that's so awesome and I, I, I justify it by saying that's pretty awesome I think that would the trailer for that movie I think if that came on like, before something easy... What the fuck was so, that? Come the fuck did your down? mic pack fall, too? Uh, Jonas pack. Jonas oh, Jonah's mic pack. Jonah's mic pack, Oh, app. and it exploded. No, yeah, as
2: long as it's... Uh, yeah, just put the day
1: battery... Day day. Day. Anyway, so, it, like, whenever you have an idea like that that's like, why haven't they done this? Like, why haven't they done... Why didn't they do a Shadows of the Empire movie? Like, why didn't... Why don't they use their properties more inventively? I think the reason that never happens is because... They don't want that because they think no one remembers. They are always trying to rebrand. I mean, think about it. We, we just remade Spider-Man, and l- like 10 minutes after the third one came out, we remade it because they're trying to rebrand and make new. New is almost always better than old. It's very rare you'll see sequels directly reference things that happened in previous Because they movies.
2: think with the new, you can get more audience. So you think mm- you get the old audience and the new audience. Exactly. So that's exactly. why they go new.
1: And they assume the old audience is going to come anyway, so yeah. why play to them? Except for if in a James Bond trailer, like in the newest James Bond trailer in Skyfall, it's just shit exploding
2: well like, it's, it's pretty it's, cool James it, Bond no, gets shot off the top of a train no and no no falls it's a ground. very
1: cool James Bond trailer it looks very cool but nothing about it is like holy shit like if you saw Timothy Dalton or Pierce Brosnan shooting at Daniel Craig at the end of a trailer that would be the biggest thing on the internet it's that, almost
2: like what you're saying because that I mean the trailer for the new James Bond movie has MI6 blowing up uh, James Bond surrounded by a bunch of coffins with British flags on them right and, uh, and then Judi Dench on the run. You know, on his, Connery, they just put a pillow on his face. <laughs> <laughs>
0: in, in his trailer, trailer
3: though, they for the for the version of his uh, uh, in the trailer, you could have uh, starring James Bond and James Bond
1: what? and <laughs> James Bond, and then and then show like like someone going like. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and, then, and, and, then. Take, and then it's take <laughs> and then all going we
3: We have real go, big fish James to Dallard. a version of the James Bond. <laughs> God, you're making me <laughs> re- you're, re- you're
1: slowly I hope people liked my idea because you're slowly Flea. convincing me that it's the worst idea ever. How do you cuz a
0: lot a lot a lot of writers a lot of people creative types listen to the podcast. So how do you have sold a shit ton of movies? How do you pitch a movie? What do, you, what do you mean by pitch? I mean, what? like, how do you sell a movie?
1: What? In how the room.
0: room. In a room. How in do you sell room. a movie in a room?
1: Okay. Um, just,
0: something. Just, you've I'm, done it a lot, so just think about what you did.
1: I've done t- it five or six times. Uh, I've done pitching, selling pitches five or six or seven times, but uh, selling specs is harder. Selling a spec is, of course, when you've written a script on your own and you take it out and that's the way to make the big money. Getting an assignment is when you – when they had an idea, like getting a James Bond movie would be an assignment. Getting an X-Men movie would be an assignment. You compete against other writers with pitches to get that assignment. Not a good way to make big money. I've I've still actually never done an assignment, Um, but I've wanted them. I you know, you, pitch for, you, you think them. you think I don't wanna write Daredevil, you're insane. So like, like your Peter so like like the Peter Pan like the Peter Pan The Peter Pan thing would be a pitch. Okay. The thing I did earlier would be a pitch, except for the way I told it to you guys. I, I sort of Well when you get into it, pitching is sort of three things. There, there are different ways to do it, and you have to tailor them to the room you're in. And the way you tailor it to the room you're in is you see how interested the person is, if the person seems like they're with it. You have to have really good listening and empathy skills, which I don't generally have outside of these rooms. But in the rooms, I'm pretty good at it. You have to be able to take the temperature visually and socially of the person you're talking to. Because if they are excited about you and excited to meet you and want to hear it, you can go Fucking nuts! You can talk for 30 minutes, but if they just are hearing it because they heard it was a good idea from some junior exec, you need to keep it to like 10 to 15 minutes. So when you talk about pitching, you're really talking about three different styles of thing. The first thing to do, uh, the first one, and the one that I'd say do the least, uh, is actually pitching a movie beat by beat. It's going from your outline and telling scene by scene what happens from beginning to end of a movie. That is boring to listen to. Unless you're like a really good storyteller, if you're detailing every twist and every nook and cranny of the movie, you're setting yourself up to fail because the moment you allow the person to become bored or disengaged, and that's what I'm talking about with the, the social thing, is that you have to know when someone's slowly disengaging from you. You can't afford to be up your own ass. You have to really watch them. Uh, the moment that happens, you lose the pitch. You came in and you talked for 20 minutes. You set every scene. It's a mess. Okay, the way I generally do it, uh like what I did with Peter Pan is is more of a beat by beat thing. You don't actually say the whole movie, but you describe the movie as though you already saw it. so you want to sell your oh, friends that's interesting you you want to sell your friends on coming and seeing this movie with you, right? So imagine you went and saw reservoir dogs, okay. You wouldn't tell them the end and the whole story of Reservoir Dogs, but you'd pitch the shit out of that first act, right? You'd explain everything. And as long as you don't, you know, you don't get into dialogue, you don't get into what the characters say, you talk about the movie like you've seen it, like, oh, there's this great scene where then this happens, and you keep the things in order. You're still pitching the plot, but you're doing it loose, and loose is good. Loose is good, always. Because it allows people who are listening... Because keep in mind, these people are creative people. They're called creative executives. They consider themselves creative, whether or not they're creative is hit or miss. But they do love story. And they do know story. And if you give them opportunities to, they'll fill in the blanks for you. Oh, they'll pitch stuff to you. Oh, and then it could be this. Yeah, and then it could be this. Careful of that. That's the hard one. Because that sort of happens in the third one. But the, the thing is, is you don't want them to say anything to you during it. But if you skipped an element of the plot, and they go... And you like, let's say a character betrays another character, and you didn't you don't really explain why in the motivations you just say it, but you've mentioned the reasons for it earlier. Let them be like, "Oh, because earlier this happened," and you go exactly, and they go, "I get this story." you know you, you sort of you let them spell out the details. So what's the third way? The third way is the hardest way, and you can only do it with big ideas. um and it, it, it's insanely hard. The is third... that
3: only when an executive goes, so what's the big idea? And that's when you can do it that <laughs> Coming way. Coming to my house at midnight. That's when and... you can do it the third way. If
1: the executive says, so what's the big idea? You're fine. You're, like, like, <laughs> You're in the 30s. You need yeah. to, because all of these elements exist within each other. You should have them all at your fingertips. Like, don't get me wrong. This is, this is a unique thing to me that I think is really good. And I've, I've been told a lot of other writers don't have, but it's something I'm proud of, is when I talk about a movie, I can do any of these. I know that movie really fucking well. And the parts I don't know, I'll make up on the spot. And I'll be ready to make them up. So you
0: just have to know you just have to know exactly what you, you have, have to know to, the whole universe.
1: You have to know the whole universe, you need to know what's happening from scene to scene, because if you seem like you don't know what you're talking about, you're not gonna sell it. The way to do it is the second way. The way you heard me where I really pitched the first act and then I know the details of what the second and third act are. And it's like we can talk about them, but you know, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Cause so, you don't want to take well, up Well what was too the third way? What about? was the hard way? The hardest way and also the easiest way, if you have the idea, is by just talking about an idea. Talking about the central cool idea of something. If you can do that, and that's generally has, has a lot to do with the big idea and also your own sort of... Like, I've only done it once. Um, your own sort of power within the industry. An example. Inception. They're robbers who steal ideas in dreams. If Inception hadn't come out yet... And even not a Christopher Nolan level guy had said that to an executive. It's like, well, I've never fucking seen that before. The question of what the plot is, maybe you can skirt it a little bit. I mean, the movie inception certainly did, you know, you just sort Sort of, of Oh wait, here comes the kick you guys. Yeah, Yeah, no. (laughs) So it's the log line. It's It's the log line, but it has to be a compelling log line and you need to be able to back it up with a few scenes. If you can sell a movie like that, good on you because that generally means they trust you and, Selling a pitch and selling a script and getting an assignment, all of it is about trust. It's about trust in an individual. You stack a paper, an unsolicited script means nothing. You have to build a reputation in generals as being kind of a cool guy. You get to be an asshole later. At least, I see people being an asshole. I I haven't gotten to the point where I'm cocky about my shit in meetings only outside them. <laughs> <laughs> only outside Only getting in a bar. I tweet, you know, I tweet like hashtag greatest screenwriter live just, I don't mention that in the meetings. In the meetings, I'm, you know, <laughs> oh, sir, oh, yes, your idea is very good. <laughs> you know, Christ. like uh, that was uh, an impression of an American Indian man. <laughs> no, I, uh, it, it's, it's funny because all of these different things rely on two things. How much they trust you and how much you trust yourself. Because as long as you're never lost for words in a pitch, you did good.
0: Well, that's cool. Well, this is I. – we've taken up a lot of your time, uh, but I'm so – you know, again, it's uh, –
1: all my drinks
2: and for
3: all, all your drinks are cold and my, my old beverages. banana peel. But I, I, was, Come I to a was... comedy podcast prepared, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: someone's no, going r- to r- fall on that. <laughs> my rubber uh, chicken is under the table.
0: But um, but thank you so much, Max Landis. It was really good to see you. And uh, and you know it's you know a- a- as an outsider being like, what is up with that Max Landis? He's what the fuck is up with that guy? What an it's asshole! Actually, it's actually been really nice to get to know you because you know you're you're a really sweet guy and 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 also hyper kinetically brilliant with with your ideas. So thank you for sharing those ideas because I think a lot of people and I know you won't expect this to happen, but a lot of people really will be able to learn from the things that you've said.
1: Oh god, I hope so. I mean so, I I really hope so. Otherwise why save them? If you can't help another writer, then why are you talking? Why are you a writer who's in the public eye at all? Just talk about how great you are. You have to help other people. That's
2: what happened am to JD Salinger. He
0: sucked at talking to people. Wait, am I am I a uh, am I what is it, the Alpha Predator, the Super Predator? Apex Predator. I am the Apex Predator. I am the Apex Predator. Yes. Yeah, man. And now I'm going to shut off this podcast with my mind.
1: Enjoy your burrito! Oh, my... Andrew, Andrew no! My nose Andrew! is bleeding!
2: <laughs> now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Welcome to Pura,
1: the most pristine, safe,